0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use promo code March30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL, promo code March30 for 30% off an entire year of BetQL. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd's $8,000 March Madness contest is heating up. Don't forget to enter your picks and see all their free contests. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. So make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PixWise Capper Contest at PixWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament for the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadeau, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for the winner-takes-all $10,000 prize over at pixwise.com. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. So pick the teams you like, and have someone else buy the other side, sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 play. That's BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com, promo code SGP. Okay, and Welcome, everyone, to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Wednesday, March 24th, 10.30 a.m. on the East Coast. Apparently, it's a little bit early for Munaf. Um He, he was <laughs> he was joshing me for the recording time, but um, we are uh, excited for a uh, show tonight. We're going to get to uh, Wednesday night's game, so that's March 24th. Talk about the trade deadline a little bit, which comes up tomorrow, March 25th, as well as some games for Thursday night, March 25th joined by munaf munaf how you doing this morning bro
1: i'm doing well man we got a special guest today so i'm kind of excited but a uh, big slate tonight man uh, exciting times 11 game slate tonight and we got a nba trade deadline so excited to get into it
0: yeah and you mentioned we have a, we have a, another guest with us today um legend of the nba slack channel legend of sgp Nation. we got bobby zephyr bobby how you doing bro
2: Real good this morning. Yeah, I'm not much of a morning person either, but hey, when duty calls, you know, we got to be here, so.
0: (laughs) Exactly. When duty calls to uh, break down the uh, Wednesday night NBA slate. Um, Fun, some fun games last night. Uh, Warriors and Sixers went down to the fourth quarter. Blazers and Nets as well. James Harden carrying the Nets to another win. Um, Anything else you guys saw last night or from the or from Monday's games that you want to talk about quickly?
1: Um, as far as last night, I think, um, I think Phoenix, I mean, from wire to wire really kind of dominated that game last yep. night. Um, you know, I know Zach, we had talked about this on our previous pod was, I th- thought the line was really, really short. I thought, you know, it was going to come out around pick them or sons one and a half and it came out Suns one and a half, but I thought, you know, I thought Phoenix should have been at least like a three or three and a half point favorite. Um, you know, this Miami team, I think that people are still kind of have that narrative in their head that they made it to the Eastern conference finals last year and they should be a better team, but it just hasn't come into fruition right now, at least against, uh, teams that are, you know, the more competitive and better teams in the league, you know, they're kind of beating up on the, um, on the weaker teams, but, you know, you take a look at their last couple games, you know, they got beat by Indiana, both in that mini series. And then they also took a one to the chin, against Phoenix last night. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with this Miami team, but um, if they're going to make a move in the Eastern Conference, they got to start playing better against at least the better teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. The schedule has been weak and, you know, Phoenix superior team clearly comes into town and beats them last night. And you look at the heat, how involved they've been in trade rumors to potentially acquire a veteran. I think that kind of tells you what they even think of their own team. Um, You know, last night, good night for you and I, Munaf. We had that Nuggets, uh, Nuggets, Pelicans and the Moneyline Parlay. Both those teams covered as well. Knicks get home. I think I I had a pretty good night on tally site last night, Bobby. any, Any plays that you were on last night?
2: Not really any plays, but just one thing I want to touch on last night real quick. The Sixers over the Warriors, I mean, ever since Embiid went down, they're 5-1, and one and their only loss is till Milwaukee. So, I mean, just for Philly's sake, the fact that they're winning games without Embiid is really big for them. Just want to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they, they clamped up last night. Obviously, the Sixers without um the Sixers without Steph Curry, but, you know, the Sixers have, have covered basically every spread here, other than, other than those two Knicks games since the Embiid injury. So, you know, I think Munaf, we've both kind of been tepid on them, but maybe it's time to, uh, you know, give them that respect they deserve. Let's turn here to the, uh, to the games for Wednesday night. That's tonight, hopefully, for most of you listening in the afternoon, or feel free to skip ahead. We'll have the show notes. First game on the slate, the Detroit Pistons head to Indiana, Indiana, Six-point favorite, total 218.5. Indiana seems to be mentioned in some sort of trade rumor. So, you know, definitely want to uh, keep track of that if you're bet- looking at this line throughout the day. Bobby, we'll start with you. Where are you going with this game?
2: Um, I like the pacers cuz i don't know being you know from michigan i'm obviously a pistons fan just watching this team it's really hard to figure out what you're going to get they're kind of inconsistent even though they have a winning record against the spread 22-19 and um, 1 it's at indiana so i would go with indiana i mean last time out the pacers won 111-95 sabonis had a really good game 26 points 9 of 14 from the field but a player prop, I would look for too in this game, Isaiah Stewart. This was his coming out game kind of last time they played. He had 17 points, eight for nine from the field, seven rebounds. Um, I would take Indiana on this one, just because, like I said, the Pistons, you really never know what you're gonna get. As far as the over-under goes, two eighteen. If like last game, you know, the total was at two oh six, if I can do my quick maths correctly. So I would take the under on this one. And I would take Pacers by six.
1: Like all that moon off. How about you? Yeah. I think this is, um, a spot for, um, Indiana coming home after an embarrassing loss to the Milwaukee Bucks that did not have Giannis in that game. So I thought that game would have been a lot more competitive for the uh, Pacers without Giannis for the Bucks, but it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a huge blowout. And I think this is a get right spot for the Pacers here tonight at home uh, as a six point favorite, you know, the numbers don't really back it up, but I, I think when you're taking on a Detroit Pistons team, that is not so great on the road, as far as um wins and losses um you know i do like the pacers here i know they're kind of in the midst of these rumors of players by that might get traded we'll kind of get to that later but um yeah I, I think this is a get right spot for the pacers here at home against a weaker opponent in the pistons um and i think this might be a good part a money line parlay piece with them uh, maybe another team that we may discuss uh later on but uh yeah, Pacers minus a six here um, tonight against the Pistons.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. I think, I think, Moon, off what you said about a money line parlay piece sounds good. I mean, the Pistons can hang around. We've seen that all year. Yeah. You look at this matchup, I think this could be a good night for Jeremy Grant. Um, continues to have that high usage. Bobby here throwing in Pistons 0 8 versus their division this year. So that's something that interesting, maybe angle for this game. Obviously, Love coming it. off that 14 point loss and failed to cover against the Bulls in their last game, but. Jeremy Grant, you know, 22 field goal attempts, nine free throw attempts, got up seven threes as well in that game against the Bulls. And you look at the matchup personnel-wise, pretty similar with, you know, they play two bigs and three guards. Um, and, And I think you'll have the opportunity here for for Jeremy Grant to kind of attack that weak link that we, Munaf we've talked about against the Pacers with. They have, you know, their Brogdon and their Karis Levert, and then they go right up to a big four and Sabonis, who struggles against perimeter players. Pistons now starting Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay together. So that, that does give you a nice matchup for Jeremy Grant to get some real usage here. And with the injuries that have hampered this pistons team you know he's up now you know 36 minutes a game still even though they're out of the playoff picture so definitely jeremy grant um and, and bobby mentioned isaiah stewart's potential targets for this game i agree with the the money line parlay angle here there's some other you know six seven five point favorites on the board that we can look to uh add in here anything else on this yep. game or we want to move to uh tampa bay we can move on yeah let's So the next game on the slate tonight denver coming in off a nice win last night in orlando they go to tampa to face the raptors where the raptors are kind of in free fall mode right now that win total ticket that i've been holding out hope for all season is you know looking like it's ready to be tossed in the dumpster denver favored by two and a half off the opener which was a pick here so momentum in the market and the total is 223 and a half bobby where are you going with this game
2: um i would pick denver to cover this one just because i mean toronto they're on a nine game losing streak right now but they're finally healthy you know they've had guys in and out of the lineup especially when it's your core guys like siakam and van fleet those guys have been in and out chris boucher in and out of the lineup as well um i would take denver two and a half and also denver um little page out of munoff's book 29th and pace 99.3 possession so I would say under, and I know the Raptors are also kind of a scrappy team as well. You know, they like to keep it close because their offense isn't really engineered to succeed, I guess, in today's NBA with the fact that, you know, they don't really look to shoot a lot of threes. But I would go with the under and Denver by two and a half in this one. And then also, just one last thing, Jokic needs more recognition in this NBA. He's almost in the 50-40-90 club as a big man, and he's first... And player efficiency ratings just want to throw that out there as well
0: that's my favorite player right there Munaf. how about what do you how about you with this game
1: yeah i think the thing for me in this game is that the raptors defense has uh during in the Smith. So there's what seven eight game losing streak here i mean their defense has not been playing well and they've given they've been given up the point 129 of the pistons 132 to boston one twenty-one Atlanta, one fourteen to Charlotte, and then their last game. I mean, they gave up one hundred and seventeen to my Houston Rockets. I mean, that kind of speaks volumes to me, especially with a team like the Rockets that were really struggling. Um, and it's not going to get any easier for them tonight against Denver, that you know has a lot of firepower on the uh, offensive side. You um, know, I was kind of watching this this Denver and um, Orlando game last night, and I think, I think that the Denver Nuggets kind of really need to find the replacement in the starting lineup at least for Will Barton. I mean, I don't think this guy, I think he's a better piece to come off the bench for them. But I mean, as far as if this team wants to have success in the playoffs, I think they need to find a replacement for him in the starting lineup at least. I think it'd be a good piece coming off the bench. But as far as the game, yeah, I love Denver here tonight. Um, you know, I'm gonna continue fading this Toronto team. They're kind of in free fall mode, like you kind of mentioned. Um uh, and as far as they're going off a of player probably like Bobby mentioned with Jokic, um Jokic has 3 out 3 three uh straight triple no sorry uh out of his last four games he's had three triple doubles and in that that fourth game he was one sorry one is shy of getting another triple double so potentially he could have four straight triple doubles here and I'm going to play uh Jokic uh to have recorded triple double tonight at plus 240 I know we kind of mentioned uh, the points rebounds and assisting with player props but um Kind of like off of the Harden thing, when you have a guy like James Harden who can go out and get you a triple-double almost every single night, I would rather take the plus odds than play the uh, points, rebounds, and assists at a, at, a, at a minus price. So um, I like Denver for the game at a minus two and a half, or sorry, minus uh, two, and then um, Jokic to record a triple-double at plus 240. And then I also kind of want to look at uh Denver's team total here tonight i like when, like I mentioned that Toronto's been struggling on the defensive side of the basketball, so that one twelve and a half kind of seems a little conservative for me um for for the for the Denver nuggets so uh, I think I might sprinkle a little bit on that
0: yeah i i I like Denver in this game too I mean I think with the raptors you mentioned it. there's kind of this tension right now in the market where and myself included, I feel like people still kind of see this Raptors team as like a mid-level East playoff team, right? You look at these these spreads recently, you know, six and a half point favorite against Detroit, only a four and a half point dog to Utah. Then you got seven and a half mm-hmm. over Cleveland, eight and a half over Houston. And tonight only a two point dog to Denver. And we've seen they you know, playing like a top five team. So I feel like, you know, whether that is the right thing to do or not, I think the, these lines suggest that you're still holding on to a little bit of value to Toronto. And it's kind of like that, my issue earlier in the season with the Houston Rockets, when I was betting them every single game and they just get blown out every single night because I still believed in that team's kind of core identity. And, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Raptors right now. I think, you know, it's time, it might be time to jump ship. Like you said, Munaf, I don't, I don't really think you want to be betting on this team right now. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, obviously facing a $50,000 fine for exchanging words with Nick nurse after their last game. Um, th- never like to see that. And now, obviously you have the specter of Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell being tossed around in trade rumors. Guys don't know who's going to be on this team and who's going to be off it tomorrow. Um, so I do think this is a good spot to have Denver come in here. They're in the middle of the playoff chase. Toronto's falling out of it. You know, Denver come in here and lay the hammer. I think we saw last night in that magic nuggets game, Denver first quarter could be a good angle mm-hmm. because just how, how, when you have Jokic and Murray on the floor for 12 minutes, I mean, that's just a, that's the, that's that together. They are, they, they can be really dominant. So I think nuggets first quarter here, minus one, something I, I, I would like um, nuggets team total, like you said. And yeah, I mean, Will Barton, it's weird, he really takes pride in starting. It's like a big deal to him. So because of he's been in Denver for so long, they kind of rewarded him with that. Um, Let's take a quick break here. Then we're gonna come back and get to more of the games. Looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness betql's algorithms scan thousands of data points across every game to find the best bets easily find the most profitable bets based on their top betting trends and your brackets may bust but your bankroll doesn't have to head to betql.com to get started today or head to the app store or google play to download betql and bet smarter not harder use promo code march 30 for 30 percent off betql for a year that's betql.com promo code March 30. I'm looking at some bet BetQL NBA recommendations right now. They like a couple overs in the NBA tonight. Going to go over and bet those uh, based on these profitable trends. So remember, get uh, betql promo code March 30 for 30% off betql for an entire year. All right, coming back. Next game on the slate should be a good one here. Boston goes to Milwaukee. Milwaukee only laying four and a half, although I suggest that has something to do with Giannis's injury. Do we have an update on that?
1: Uh, Last I saw, he was still questionable. Let me see if I can find something. But um, yeah, I think yesterday I saw that he was questionable or he did return to practice, one of the two. But let me double check. You guys keep talking.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm I'm seeing I guess, four and a half on the opener, but up to five and a half or six some places. So maybe some momentum for Giannis to play tonight. But, you know, either way, Milwaukee looks like the superior team without Giannis here. So um, let's go with – let me me pull up a line here that we could use. Um, Total is at – give me one sec.
1: 230.
0: Total 230 bucks minus six. Bobby, where are you going with this game?
2: Yeah, looks like that line went up because when I was looking at it this morning it was minus four and a half. So that yep. would probably mean Giannis is gonna play. Um last time these guys played, that was the game where Jason Tatum it was the first game of the season, Jason Tatum hit that step back bank three to win. Giannis misses the free throws. Um with Celtics on the road, they're five and eighteen. So I would probably take the Bucks in this one, especially if Giannis plays, I would take the Bucks to cover over under 230. I would take the over on that as well. And then just another note for a player prop over the last two weeks, Milwaukee's giving up 26.2 points to shooting guards per 48 minutes. They gave up 22 to RJ Barrett on the 11th of March. Beal had 37, Lonnie Walker had 31, and they gave up a combined 40 points to Lamb and Lavert. Lamb with 21, Lavert with 19. So, I would look for Jalen Brown to have a good scoring game this game as well.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. What was the uh, what what site did you use to get that uh, isolated player prep?
2: Oh, it's um. It's mostly for fantasy basketball. It's like hashtag basketball. And it's okay, yeah. I, defense first position. Yeah, that's the that's one, one I use.
0: Like. I think Munaf used that one right. too, so definitely a cool resource there. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like that angle. off, where are you going with this game tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, this Boston team kind of has been uh, kind of inconsistent for me, and every time I do bet on them, they end up losing. When I don't, they end up covering a spread, so – Um, I mean, I think it was really impressive what Milwaukee did, um, against the Pacers without Giannis, you know, they got up 140 points and it was, a that game was pretty much over before it started. And this is one of those, uh, two game mini series here. They play Boston back to back here tonight. And then on Friday night, I believe so. Um, I'm going to take, um, I'll stick with Milwaukee here tonight, um, with or without Giannis, I think, um. You know, the guys that did play uh against the Pacers. I mean, they were getting up shots, they were making shots, and I think the offense I think flows a little better when Giannis isn't out there. I mean, when you have the shooters that this team has with, you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday had a big game for um, the Bucks against the um against the Pacers. So uh I, I like I like the uh Bucks here at home. Like, you know, Bobby mentioned the numbers for the um Celtics at on the road are not pretty, you know, seven and sixteen as uh, the road team. Uh, they're four and seven against the sprayed as road dogs. So um you know, give me the Milwaukee bucks here tonight, uh, minus four and a half. and then I do also agree with him. I do like the over here. Uh, Boston is eight and three on the road. Uh, to the over as a road dog so and we know that what Milwaukee can can do on offense so um, I think that if if Boston wants to have a chance to win this game they're going to have to kind of keep up with the scoring of the Milwaukee Bucks
0: yeah I'll add to that over I mean you look at this Bucks if you you just take their their kind of their box score I mean they're like you said they're putting up crazy points every night you turn to the advance that's their not even that they haven't even been that impressive on offense. You know, they're kind of a middle of the road offense by offensive rating, but their pace is up second in pace in their last 10 games here for the bucks. Um, And the Celtics, while they've kind of started to find themselves a little bit, you know, fourth in offense over their last 10 games here, they're also turning into now a bottom five defense in the NBA over their last five games. Um, So I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of momentum here towards that over, um, I would lean with the Bucks here. Um, you know, the Celtics team definitely really tough to figure out right now. Um, we're really tough to figure out. I mean, I don't really think anyone knows what the actual true level of this team is. They are fifth in the East in point differential, but now they're in the eight spot, five and five in their last ten games. So, where do you guys kind of think this Boston team is at as we head into the playoff picture here?
1: Bobby, you want to take that one? Sure. First.
2: I mean looking at Boston, it's just weird because you look at their roster, I mean, with, you know, Tatum, Brown, Kemba Walker, I think they still got, I mean, Ojale is kind of in, but either way, I mean, you just look at the pieces that this roster, you know, has, and the fact that they're as bad as they are is just kind of, you kind of look at it like, you know, how, how are they? This not good, I guess, or really inconsistent, you know, at least they're in the East, you know. Twenty-one and twenty-two. That's that could still, you know, you can contend for a spot. All I know is if they make the playoffs in that play-in, I would not want to be a one or a two seed. That could potentially have them in the first round, especially if they get hot near the end of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, I, Go ahead, Mark. go ahead. Uh, no, so I was just going to mention that you know there was trade rumors that going were going around that you know they wanted to kind of acquire. Aaron Gordon from the Orlando magic. And I had kind of had posted this in the Slack channel and then, uh, our, our, our fellow, um, SGPN, uh, golf buddy, uh, Boston capper, you know, he's a big Boston sports fan guy. And, you know, I I had mentioned that this team has, has the talent, right? When you have two young stars like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Um, And then you have some good pieces around him. You know, Kimball Walker, yeah, he's been dealing with a knee issue. And Marcus Smart has kind of been their anchor on the defensive side of the basketball for them. And he's a great two-way guy for both offense and defense. It's just something is not – it feels like there's there's a bigger issue with this team. And um, we had mentioned that, you know, Danny Ainge has had multiple opportunities to kind of acquire that superstar, and he hasn't done that yet. And I don't know what he's kind of waiting for. We know that for you to win a championship in this league, you kind of have to have that superstar player. And he's had multiple opportunities when some of these guys have become available, like Anthony Davis and James Harden and so on and so forth. But, you know, I I think now he's it seems like he's kind of getting desperate and kind of the, the trade rumors that are going around that, Hey, he's ready to forfeit, you know, two first round draft picks for a guy like Aaron Gordon. I'm not Aaron Gordon is a great player, but I'm not sure how much of a difference he's going to make on your roster um, for you to kind of make that playoff push in and, and kind of, you know, compete for a championship. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting trade deadline for Boston, but also the uh, the offseason and the off season moves that they make to kind of, upgrade this roster is going to be really interesting to see also
0: yeah i completely agree with all that i mean it's such a fascinating example of like the the faults of team building right because we all criticize these teams for chasing superstars well boston got nostalgic for their homegrown talent and they yeah. refused to trade for jimmy butler paul george anthony davis james harden like they could have had any of those guys to realistically it seems like if they're willing to part with jalen brown i mean they could have had you know harden and tatum or something like that I, I you know it's what's so crazy to me is you look back at just you know six months ago this team was a minus one forty five favorite against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and if Jason Tatum finishes that dunk over Bam bio, I mean this team was pro- likely in the finals. I mean, yeah. So for them to have kind of fallen from grace this quickly, it looks like they kind of need to, you know, fracture this team a little bit on the margins and, and make an- another push next year because clearly not a contender this year yeah let's go to the next game team that we all liked last night. The Phoenix Suns going to Orlando Orlando coming off that blowout loss to the nuggets Phoenix laying eight, laying up to nine and a half actually um laying up to ten Phoenix minus ten total two fifteen moon off will start with you here. Where are you going with this game?
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna keep this simple. I mean, I like Phoenix here. um you know, they're just a covering machine right now. they're playing well. I think they're trying to go after that number one seed, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They they kinda, they kind of got Cam Johnson back. So this team is healthy. They have all their pieces. And you take a look on the flip side of Orlando. I mean, I think they're just kind of waiting for this trade deadline to kind of pass. And some of the guys that, you know, Aaron Gore might not be on this team or maybe, you know, a couple other guys. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be Phoenix, or Nothing for me tonight. You take a look at some of the numbers. Um, Phoenix eight and one on back-to-back nights against the spread here. Um, 14 and five against the spread on the road, nine and five as road favorite. So uh, give me the Phoenix suns, uh, you know, what's uh, Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker leading the way here tonight.
2: Bobby, how about you? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would say just about what Moon said. I mean, both of these teams don't really cover the overs very well either. Phoenix 47.6%, Orlando 45.2%. The one thing that would make me wary is the last time these guys played on Valentine's Day, Terrence Ross had 23 on 9 of 23 shooting, 3 for 10, 3-pointers. If he's going to huck up shots like that and they start to go in, that's the only thing that would kind of make me nervous. Also, Vucevic last time out was only 414 fourteen. Um the score was 107 90 so I would definitely take Phoenix to cover based on the last result also yeah 213 over under I would hammer that under as well
0: Yeah I'm seeing the total up to 215 here so maybe that could even be a better look on the under I I kind of do I kind of agree with that You know obviously just a tough tough spot here Phoenix I think is kind of meriting the distinction of being an elite team right now, at least in the regular yeah. season. I mean, they, for the last couple months, I mean, they've been on an absolute tear. I think they've won, you know, something crazy here. I mean, you, you look at this ESPN just calendar, it's just win, 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 win. And then, so, you know, I definitely think potentially another money line leg. I'm a little hesitant to lay the 10 here on the road. So I would probably just stay away from, you know, kind of like you said, when it's Phoenix or pass here, maybe lean yeah. towards that Pass. I mean, it is kind of a tough situation road back to back, obviously back to back for both teams within the state of Florida. I, I I do see the case for the under here. Um, You know, this Phoenix team holding back to back opponents, you know, really three straight opponents to 101 points or below. So got to like that. It's not like their offense goes crazy. So, you know, one of the weaker games on the slate here, um, but, definitely see the case for maybe adding that Phoenix money line in with Indiana. Or we can see if we can find some others. Let's take a quick break here and we'll come back on the other side with more games. We're also brought to you by odds crowd. Hopefully you entered the odds crowd contest for March madness for your chance to win $8,000. And now don't forget to enter your March madness picks over at OddsCrowd.com as the contest heats up. And odds crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. So free, feel, feel free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors. You can track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. Download the app for free or go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by PixWise.com. Helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports-fanatic wise guys, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction at PicksWise.com on every game, every day, every sport, and it's all for free. PicksWise is now presenting the capper contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadeau, and six other experts all competing for a $10,000 winner-takes-all prize. Follow the action for free picks and analysis every day of the big dance by visiting pixwise.com slash march-madness. That's pixwise.com slash march-madness. All right, getting back to it here, we have the Dallas Mavericks going to Minnesota where they're laying eight and a half points on the road total. 2:31 and a half. I am curious to see do we have an update on the Carl Anthony Towns wrist injury here?
1: Uh less ice. I mean, I was looking at this game earlier and they did have player props wrist listed for him, so okay. I, I think he may be a go here. Um yeah, i I mean, he's listed uh, as a projected starter and there's no like a tag next to him either if he's right, game time decision go. or anything.
0: There we go. So, Cat, probably in. Munaf, where are you going with this game? Dallas laying eight and a half right now.
1: Yeah, I think um, I love Dallas in this spot. I mean, it's 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 kind of worrisome when we're taking a lot of road favorites here. But <laughs> You've taken uh,
0: every favorite so far. You know,
1: yeah, I haven't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, Dallas has been one of these teams coming out of the post all-star break that is, you know, playing really Really well on the offensive side of the basketball. Number one offensive rating um, at one twenty one point six, and it's it's been led by Luca. Right, we saw last game where he looked like Steph Curry from beyond the three point arc. He was eight of nine from three point land, and then he's 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 you know scoring the basketball at at a high at a high rate. So um, I I do like um, Dallas here tonight. You know, minus the eight and a half. I think they've kind of gotten together and starting to make a playoff push, you know, not only in the division, but also kind of receding here, Um, you know, Luca KP and, and, you know, some of the guys that the the surrounding shooters they have, they've been knocking down shots and you kind of look on the flip side, you know, Minnesota, um, you know, they've gotten, you know, a couple wins here, but I I think that this, the offense that the Dallas Mavericks has might be a little too much for um, Minnesota here tonight. So, you know, they're coming off of two losses against um the OKC Thunder they lost by nine, and then they lost by twelve to the Phoenix Suns. So, um, you know, give give me uh, give me Dallas here tonight.
0: Yeah, Bobby, how about you? And obviously, Minnesota coming up a bad loss at home to the OKC Thunder.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean i I like Dallas in this one as well. Um, Minnesota, you know, not too solid this year. Ten and thirty three, I believe. Looking at their schedule here. Yeah, I mean, look at the point totals they've put up, though. I mean, the 13th versus um, Portland, 121. They put up 121 against L.A. on Tuesday, March 16th, 119, the game after at Phoenix. So, I mean, the points, they're putting up points. The only problem is, obviously, the other teams are scoring a little more. Um, Last time out. Uh, Porzingis, 27-13, four assists, five blocks. Doncic, 26 points, nine of 22, only one of seven from three, eight assists, five rebounds, seven turnovers. Malik Beasley also had 30 that last game, but he is not there for this time around. Um, I, I like Dallas in this one. I would probably take the over, especially considering, you know, Minnesota can still score, So and plus eight and a half is a lot to kind of take for an under so i will go with dallas eight and a half over under. i'm going to go over 231 and a half
0: yeah and the mavericks are seven and three to the over this year as a road favorite you know i think this is a definitely an interesting game here you look at two kind of some shooting luck here mavericks shoot 52 percent in that blowout win from three against the blazers right there and then the the t wolves at home kind of got screwed i mean this the the Thunder made, I think 57% of their threes in that game. So I think I could potentially see a case for the under here, despite that trend, Um, you know, especially with kind of the Timberwolves, as much as we want to think of them as kind of like an offensive team, they they haven't really been that good on that end either. Um, And the Mavericks have, you know, been up and down in terms of their ability to score this year, obviously with the offensive questions that have now kind of been alleviated with the resurgence of Luca, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, tough to want to take the T Wolves here, um, given that you know, kind of just failing to show up in the in that home game against OKC, really concerning. Coming off a road a road trip where they actually had a nice win against Phoenix, so not the greatest game on the slate here. Um, anything else on this game that you guys have?
1: I think this. Might be a good money line parlay piece to kind of, you know, put with um, maybe the Pacers, you know, uh, um, and then maybe another leg that we can find later. So I think those are two two uh, money line parlay pieces um, for tonight. And I just wanted to mention real quick uh, for, you know, Minnesota's defense. you know, they are number 29 in the league and points in the paint allowed, number 26 and three-point percentage allowed. So that kind of goes into their narrative of, you know, the points that they're allowing to their opponents over these last, you know, six to seven games and also the three-point shooting that some of these other teams have been showcasing against them is that they're not really defending three-point line or inside the paint. So, um, you know, something to keep in mind also for tonight. Yeah, and that's obviously I've a also got but-
2: one last thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. I was just going to say Minnesota and, you know, defending the point guard 135 out of 150, 26.3 points, which is 148. They allow three and a half threes and about eight assists per game from the point guard position. So Luke had 26 last time, but like I said, if he hits more shots than nine of 22, then he should be in for a big one.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, actually, is that you look at what SGA did to this, uh, this team in their, in their last game. You know, get into that step back three, obviously with with, and that's Luca's forte. So, it could be a, definitely a big night for Luca here, especially in these games where you have to just kind of carry over an inferior team on the road when you're in the playoff chase. Let's go to Chicago, where the Bulls six point home favorite with the Cleveland Cavaliers coming to town. Total two sixteen. Bobby, where are you going with this divisional matchup here?
2: I'm sorry. Which game was it? I'm getting attacked by a rabid cat right now.
0: No problem. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Cavs at the Bulls. Bulls minus six. Gotcha.
2: Where was that? I had that on here. Um, I do know if you like a coin flip, uh, Chicago is 50 on covering the over/under. So if you love the thrill of a coin flip, you know <laughs> you can go with that. Um, Cleveland five and 15 on the road. 23rd in pace. They also allow a lot of good looks to power forwards, 50.4% um, from the field, 24.4 points, which could potentially be a nice marketing opportunity for Mr. Laurie Markinen on the Bulls. But I know we'll get into that later as well.
0: off, how about you, Bobby? Nice, I see those lights. Looks good there. Got some disco vibes coming in the podcast. off, where are you going with this game?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much for this game. I think it's one of the, the weaker games for tonight. But um, you know, I, I'll take the dog here. I, I know that you know Minnesota. Uh, sorry, uh, Minnesota, Chicago. You know they've they've been playing okay these past. I mean, they have lost three out of the last four games, but um, you know they've been against you know more superior imp- op- opponents. Um, they lost by seven to San Antonio. You know four to Denver. I think that game went to overtime. Um, And they beat up a Detroit Pistons team and they lost to Utah, which is, you know, one of the best teams in the league this season. So, um, you know, Cleveland, I was watching this game um, against Sacramento the other night and I feel like they kind of just ran out of gas because they were on a back-to-back situation. They played the previous night against Toronto and they got the victory there, so... Um, I like the backcourt of Sex Land here, you know, shout out to McKee for that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, those guys have been playing well. I think Darius Garland did have a bad game against Sacramento, but I think um, going up against the backcourt of Levine and um, Kobe White, this is going to be interesting, uh, interesting matchup of the backcourts here against Chicago. So I'll, I'll take the points with, with the Cavs here tonight. I know the numbers aren't backing it up, but um you know, got to take a dog at some point, right?
0: Yeah, no, I like the cats here too. I've been actually impressed with kind of how much they've stayed the course this season. Like, you know, it's, this is a team that, you know, they have, they have 16 wins, you know, they're 16 and 27 this year, 11 and 12 at home. Like they're not that bad. And like you said, I I was actually kind of impressed with them in that that game against the Kings Um, end up losing by 14, but I think they were only down two or three at halftime and, you know, only, only make four threes and it's impossible to win this league when you only do that shot 23.5% from three and you know their main guys Sexton Allen and Garland also all struggled from two so you know not and not that the Kings are any type of good defense but it's not like the Bulls bring that to the table either so you know I I think the Cavs will have no problem staying in this game get some rest coming off that game against the Kings and no, they've continued to compete, right? I mean, they beat the Raptors, they beat the Celtics recently, um, and they've gone through kind of different lulls of winning and losing throughout the year, but definitely impressed with how they have stayed the course. And it's not like the Bulls have really done that much to merit, you know, being a six-point favorite over, over another non-Eastern Conference playoff team. It's not like, you know, the Bulls maybe feel like they're a class above. I think it's good night to test that. So I like the Cavs minus, plus the six here um, as a road dog. Um, anything else that you guys
1: have on this game? Yeah, I think just going back to the last game, you know, I think the Cavs just kind of ran out of gas, like I mentioned. I mean, they got outscored by 10 in that third quarter against the Kings, and that that was pretty much the ball game right there. I mean, they tried to make it, tried to make it competitive in the fourth quarter, but I, I think, yeah, they just kind of ran out of gas. But I, I do like, you know, like we mentioned the Cavs here tonight.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's go to uh, Houston where, Munaf, you are. A Rockets fan coming off that nice win, now trying to sell Victor Oladipo to anybody who will uh, take him. It doesn't really seem like there's much interest there using Woge, the public relations firm that is Woge to try to get somebody to take Oladipo. Um, the Hornets, LaMelo Ball, some good news, updates on him that he might be able to come back. So definitely some interesting implications for the rookie of the year market. Hornets laying three in Houston. Houston total, 222 and a half. Moonov, we'll start with you. Where are you going with this game here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see this number as sh- such a short number um, for the Hornets. I mean, I know they're coming off a... Uh, those are their law lo- lo- a loss in their last game i believe to this they, they,
0: they lost four straight and then they beat the spurs on the road okay yeah
1: game. yeah so they, yeah so i think yeah that was a, a four straight loss i was thinking of so they i mean they got an impressive victory off of the spurs here um you know not much of a travel thing uh, here for for the hornets as you know san antonio used in my flights about 45 minutes so a rest shouldn't be an issue for this game um I do like the Hornets in this spot. You know, I think the Rockets kind of got that monkey off of the back with, you know, snapping the 20-game losing streak. I don't think Victor Oladipo is going to play tonight. And, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be traded by here maybe as soon as maybe today or tomorrow. Um, You know, right now I do see him in the starting lineup, but it'll be interesting to see. But I just think that there's too much, you know, guard power here for Charlie that we kind of keep going off of. Of, you know, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, I think Gordon Hayward will probably have a big game here tonight. And then if we kind of take a look at what the Hornets do against the point guard positions, one of the best defenses um, against that point guard position. So I think they may kind of, you know, limit John Wall uh, tonight and, and really kind of rely on a Victor Oladipo and Christian Wood to, you know, put up the points. But I think this is a game that Charlotte should, you know, win. And and I know they're competing for a spot here in the, in the Eastern conference here uh, as far as a playoff. So um, I I think that, you know, I think this might be a spot to start going, you know, start fading the Rockets again.
2: Okay. Bobby, how about you? Yeah, I I do like uh, Charlotte minus three and yeah, under my notes here, I did put big riff to LaMelo season, but I guess not. He's coming back. So Took him in the fourth round for fantasy basketball, so I would hope he's coming back. Maybe I can get a little more out of him. But um, both these teams top top half of the league in pace. Houston fifth at one hundred three point eight. Charlotte thirteenth, right behind at one hundred two on the dot. Um, Houston also not very good at defending shooting guards. If you like, you know, if you want a player prop, um, so Terry Rozier starting for uh, Charlotte and. Terry Rozier in nine Wednesday games averages 23.1 points per game. And I believe his player prop was 21 and a half. So I would take the over on that. And I would also take the over on the game as well. The over 22 and a half. So Charlotte by three, uh, over two twenty-two and a half. and a half. Terry Rozier going to do scary, Terry things.
0: <laughs> Looking like scary. Terry is kind of a taco Tuesday variation. Um, I, I like this over as well i mean i think this hor- this last hornets game of a 197 score in san antonio might scare some people away here but you know like you said about two teams that can get up and down over is uh 15 and 7 for the hornets on the road this year they really struggled defending in that entire road trip i mean let up 125 to the clippers 116 to the lakers 129 to the nuggets 122 to the kings and not that the rockets are anything crazy offensively but Remember, Christian Wood is back, and, and and he was kind of a key yeah. piece to to what they their identity on offense early in the season get him back, and I think he can continue to improve. And without Oladipo in the lineup, I kind of like the way this team plays much better, 28 assists for them in that game against the Raptors, and they were a team that was really struggling to move the ball. So I think there's a good case for the over 222.5. Um, on the side, I mean, I don't know if I really want to lay three with the Hornets' first game or one of their first games without LaMelo um, – but, you know, the the Rockets have obviously been the best fade um, in the NBA for the past couple of months. So definitely an interesting uh, game here. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the rest of the slates. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what hashtag Dejins only care about, and that's sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They got a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge allows you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there is no house, and it's legal in more than 40 states. Post the plays you like and have someone in the Better Edge marketplace take the other side. And they have a ton of other fun against the spread-picking contest as well, so sign up today at BetterEdge.com and use promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. All right. Coming back to it. And we always find a way to talk for way longer than we had uh, budgeted out for time on these games, but loving the, uh, all the takes here, Grizzlies going to OKC. And I hope you guys have time to keep going through this Grizzlies going to OKC Grizzlies laying five points. Total is 220. Both these teams kind of rumored as being somewhat active in the trade deadline talk. So Something to monitor in this game. Munaf, we'll start with you. Where are you going in OKC
1: tonight? Yeah, I think, uh, check the injury report. I think everybody should be playing for, uh, um, OKC tonight. So, um, you know, I mean, not one of the more exciting games, but, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I'll take OKC as a home dog here. I, I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of respect for um, the Memphis Grizzlies here tonight. But, uh, you know, if you have Shea Gilkis Alexander in the game, um, you know, are playing tonight, I, I think you always have a chance. You know, Al Horford should be playing tonight also for for the OKC Thunder. Um, and, and, you know, this team is a you know, they had a big win against, you know, the Rockets. I mean, I know we talk about Rockets being the fade uh fate of the season but you know they were knocking down some three-point shots in that game against the Rockets. so i think if that can continue here tonight for for the for uh the okc against the um memphis grizzlies um tonight so I, I think you know give me the home dog here for um okc thunder plus the four and a half
0: yeah it definitely feels like a little bit too much respect for the grizzlies bobby how about you in this game
2: um, just something on the Grizzlies too. I was, you know, being an MSU student, I was very excited to see Jaron Jackson this year, you know, with John Morant, but unfortunately that hasn't quite worked out. Um, let's see here, where was that? Yeah, Memphis minus five over under two twenty. I am going to go probably with Memphis. Last time they've played, um actually flip that no okc is what i meant um, memphis 122 okc 133 on february 17th and march 14th more recent okc 128 memphis 122 you know they've both games they've put up right around 250 260 so i would go over on this one as well i don't really know why it's at 221 but hey i mean that sounds like free money to me based on the last two results so i'll go okc covering and over 221.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when, when you look at that box score from the last time these two teams met, it's really tough to win on the road when you only make seven threes and your opponent makes 16 threes, which is what we saw in this, in this last OKC Memphis game. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies have struggled to get up enough threes to really be that modern offense that you need to be. And Jaron Jackson's absence definitely plays into that with the space that he can provide to them. So that definitely does kind of hurt their style. I, I think it's OKC or pass for sure here. I mean, two weeks ago, these two teams met, like I just said, and, you know, the OKC Thunder were able to really get going offensively. And, and you know, they had their spacing going. And Shea um, was, was a really tough match for them to handle. Um, so I, I think, you know, those types of angles could be good here tonight. Again, again, not one of the best games in the slate, but definitely like OKC plus the five. Let's go to San Antonio, where this is one of the better games that we'll have tonight. And Moonaf, you mentioned that Kawhi uh, goes back to San Antonio. Obviously, he's done it before, but always a, you know, a little bit of a bitter divorce between those two parties. Clippers laying six minus 105 right now. Total two twenty. Munaf, where are you going with this game here?
1: Yeah, I think I'm i going to continue riding the favorites here. I mean, um, I, I think just this, this might be too much offense and uh, um, firepower for the Clipper or for the San Antonio Spurs to kind of handle uh, of the LA Clippers. You know, uh, Kawhi Leonard obviously coming like coming back to San Antonio, Paul George. Um, you know, uh, I think a a a huge comeback win for the Clippers the other night against the Atlanta Hawks. You know, what I mean. We had one of our Slack guys kind of mentioned, hey, should I take the plus ten? But I said, Man, this this Hawks team was playing really well. And we had talked about how they had won, you know, seven, eight games in a row. But you know, Zach, you had mentioned that, you know, uh, they had a comeback there in the fourth quarter. So uh, I think that's come some momentum that continue to keep riding here for the LA Clippers. Um, you know, now that they kind of know that the um that the uh, Lakers are kind of free falling now without LeBron in uh, AD, you know, Phoenix is, is playing well. So I think these are the type of games that they kind of know that they have to kind of win against subpar opponents to kind of keep up in that Western conference standing. So, um, you know, I, I, I at this time of the year, I kind of started looking at teams that, you know, need to fight for playoff position. And I think this is one of the, with the teams the the Clippers that has the potential to, if they get kind of get hot to, you know, climb into the two seed or even possibly the one seed. And these are the type of games against some of the weaker opponents that they should kind of take care of. And I, I do like the Clippers here minus, this, uh, minus six points here tonight and possibly a Kawhi Leonard uh, p- uh, points prop. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up. But I do do, do like uh, the Clippers here tonight against the Spurs. Okay, Bobby, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to tail that Clippers minus six, even though both teams pretty good at covering so far this year. Um, Clippers 24 and 20 Lakers or sorry, Lakers Spurs, 23 and 17. Sorry, I've got an ad playing in the background. There we go. (laughs) Um, Kawhi Leonard last time out, like i said, I mean, 30 points, 13 of 22. And he did a lot of that, like inside the three point line, only took three threes. He also had 10 assists last time out, zero turnovers. That's a pretty big margin, especially, you know, the zero turnovers. Um, And then Lonnie Walker and Rudy Gay. Lonnie Walker listed as out. Rudy Gay, questionable. Um, Patty Mills, 27 points last time out. I don't think that'll happen again. Um, I would take the Clippers in this one, and I would take that over as well. And like Munaf said, I would tail that Kawhi Leonard big game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going I'm to go the other way here. I think with the, with the Spurs team, it's tough to know how to kind of look at them right now because they're kind of running the needle between selling off some of their vets, like they want to get rid of Marcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, but they're still in the thick of this playoff picture, and they've made a promise to Pop that they will continue to compete for the length of his term there, 14-8 and eight as a dog. And, you know, to me, I, I just don't see the – the reason why the Clippers are favored by six here. I mean, I, I would expect this line to come in a little bit shorter in my opinion. but so I will take the six with the Spurs here. Um, and they, they've they been competitive all year. You know, this is still a 22 and 18 basketball team that, you know, it can feel a little bit worse. But I, I do think that six is a lot of points here. And, you know, this may be moving a little bit, seeing minus 115 on the six. So I might try to jump on that right here. But definitely one of the better games on the slate. Any other angles in this game you guys like?
1: Um, Just to kind of mention, uh, you know, Lake uh, Clippers are the number one uh, three-point shooting team as far as percentage and uh, Spurs kind of are number 22 and three-point percentage allowed. So I think the difference in this game or or kind of the key in the game might be. Can the Spurs contain the three-point shooting of the Clippers? And I think if they can, then they have a great chance of covering this game. But this might turn into a um, a long game if Clippers are going to knock down their three-point shots. You know, number six in uh, three-point makes per game also. So uh, keep an eye out for the three-point shooting here tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Clippers really do have that boomer bust potential, like you said. I mean, they, they could really come out and win this game by 2030. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And then they could also lay a dud, and we wouldn't be surprised either. Um, You know, I I think, yeah, definitely see the angle for Kawhi. I mean, Gordon Hayward just played these guys as an inferior player right there. He got, you know, got 19 field goals up, six assists, seven boards, 27 points, an additional six free throw attempts. And we know that Kawhi can do all those things. So definitely see the merit for him. Big game Kawhi. Definitely like that angle you guys threw out. A couple more games here. Let's go to Sacramento. Atlanta laying three on the road, Atlanta, all good vibes until that fourth quarter that you mentioned, uh, where they, they blew that game against the Clippers. Um, Hawks laying three total is at, uh, two and a half here. Uh, body, where are you going with this game in Sacramento tonight?
2: Um, I like the Hawks minus three, despite them being on the road. I would take also the under in this one. I mean, I know, obviously, not every game is going to play out like the last, but the last total only at 227. Yep, that should be right, 227. Like I said, I'm a journalism major, not a math major, but um, (laughs) especially since the hiring of Nate McMillan, you know, these guys have found kind of a new fire under them. What have they won? It was like five of their last six, I believe. It was something like that. So I would just continue to ride the Nate McMillan wave with the Hawks. And uh, the Hawks by three – uh, I would take the under in this game as well.
0: Okay, out, how about you?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to stay with Atlanta here. They they've been playing really well uh, defensively, like uh, Bobby mentioned, under Nate McMillan, and they kind of you know blew that game again against the Clippers. You know, I think that was a game that they. You know, loss versus the Clippers kind of winning, if, if that makes sense. But, um, you know, like I said, you know, Zach, we've talked about this. Atlanta was a team to look out for here in the second half of the season. And then I think we've got to continue with that narrative here against a Sacramento team that may be also kind of looking off to sell off some of their pieces, like a Buddy Heal. And I know, they know Hassan Whiteside has been mentioned in that um, trade uh, rumors also. So, uh, you know, I like Atlanta here tonight against the, um, against um against the kings i I think a a player prop to kind of do look out for is De'Aaron fox on his points um tonight you know he's been playing really well for the sacramento kings and kind of you know he's gonna be that superstar that this team kind of builds around and i think another guy if you can find a player prop on him is tyrese halliburton who's been playing exceptionally well also and and if you kind of take a look at his um rookie of the year odds, they've kind of plummeted all the way down up plus 225, so keep an eye on that also. But as far as this game, like I said, um, Atlanta minus – I think it's up to three now.
0: Yeah, it's Atlanta at three. Munaf, you you and I think alike. I was going to say De'Aaron Fox, great matchup for him. I mean, you don't even have to set the screen to get Trey switched onto him because Trey has to just cover him straight up, and he can just cook in that matchup all night. And you look at these two teams just met in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and De'Aaron Fox – 24 field goal attempts, 10 free throw attempts uh, and only made two of his 10, three still went for 32 points here. So don't not looking at the number right now, but De'Aaron Fox definitely looks prime for a big game. He's coming off a 30 point game against the Cavs. You know, I, I have a tough time laying, laying the points with Atlanta here, especially because the Kings have quietly, quietly six and five in their last 11 games, you know, they they went on that crazy losing streak. We were all waiting for the drop of a dime for Luke Walton to get fired. They kind of yeah. stabilized the ship a little bit, but obviously the trade deadline um, is going to threaten that here as they kind of make the decision of chasing the playing game. We're selling off some of their better pieces. Last game of the night, we go to Salt Lake City where the Brooklyn Nets are on the famous back to back at altitude here. Um, Jazz laying ten and. I don't know. We don't know if James Harden is going to play here. It seems like he should, you know, but um, total this line at 10, if James Harden is in, I'm eating up the Nets at, at plus 10. Total, 231, moon off. Uh What are you thinking here? I know you like the Jazz, but this line seems like it's gotten kind of a little bit out of control.
1: Yeah, I think that um, – sorry, that was a little loud. Um, I think if Harden is playing tonight uh, – Yeah. 10 is a lot of points. I know. I mean, we know that it's an altitude, like I mentioned last night, but I mean, you know, yeah, this this 10 kind of indicates that maybe Harden is not playing tonight, but you know, history says that this guy likes to play and he's going to play unless it's a, a a huge injury that's going to keep him out. So I expect him to play tonight and I'll, I'll take Brooklyn plus the 10 points here tonight. Um, I think that if if this is a competitive game at the half, you know, if if Brooklyn is you know either up or within a couple of points, I would probably take Utah in the second half. Going off of the narrative that hey, this is going into altitude and they might have tired legs being on a back to back, so kind of look out for that. Um, and the player prep I did throw out last night uh, was Cantor rebounding um, against the uh, Brooklyn Nets last night, but I also kind of want to take at. Look at Rudy Gobert tonight. I know his number was set around 13 and a half, 14 and a half, depending on your shot. But, you know, if you take a look at the, what the center position has done against the Brooklyn Nets, as far as rebounding last night, and this Cantor had 19 rebounds against the Wizards. Alex Lynn had nine. Rui had 10. Russell Westbrook had 13. Against the Magic, Vucevic, 14. Pacers, Sabonis had 11. And then Julius Randle, uh, five games ago against his team had 12 so we know what Rudy Gobert can do as far as grabbing rebounds for this Utah Jazz team I know you know he was battling through some injuries but just keep an eye on that I don't see him listed as a questionable um, status tonight so he shouldn't be playing so I am taking Rudy Gobert over 13 and a half rebounds here tonight against uh, against the Brooklyn Nets
2: all right like all that Bobby how about you yeah, I mean, not to bring up the last time they played every time, but I mean, last time they played before, that was January 5th, so that was before the Harden deal, Durant didn't play, and Brooklyn came out scorching with that 35-14 to 14 lead after the first quarter. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a really good game, minus, you know, kind of inefficient, 10 of 22, he still had 31 points. If Harden plays, I would... You know, you guys have been talking about the triple-double prop. I would lock that in for Harden tonight, especially because Kyrie is listed as out, so he's going to have to do a lot if Brooklyn wants to stay in this game. I would also take that Brooklyn by 10. I mean, yeah, that seems like a lot for a team. You know, 29 and 14, granted, they're not at full strength. I mean, we've seen them do it before, still come out with wins with only one of, you know, the three-headed monster of Kyrie, Harden, and Durant, so... I'm gonna take the nets minor or plus 10 and then over under as long as Utah doesn't play a dud of 96 I like last game I would assume that this game would hit the over as well over two thirty one.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a really inter- interesting spot here. I mean you look at kind of how this schedule shakes out for Brooklyn. You got Utah tonight, and then you, you obviously get that really nice win in Portland last night that you maybe weren't expecting to get, obviously, three-and-a-half-point dog there. And then you go to Detroit on Friday night. So, you know, even if you do kind of throw this game a little bit, you can get still a two-and-one, really successful road trip without Kyrie and KD. So you do wonder what the motivation is to get this game here. And then you get home, You go home for Minnesota, Houston, and Charlotte. And, and, you know, the schedule kind of opens up a little bit for them after this game. So you want to keep an eye on that. You know, I, I, I honestly, if Harden's in, I feel like it's just like maybe just take some Brooklyn money line plus 420. I mean, maybe just maybe just toss something on that and then hope for a competitive game. And then like Munau said, with this altitude kicking in, maybe you get just a nice middle and you can come back on Utah the other way and just kind of enjoy the second half of this game. That that might be a fun way to play tonight. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out. I saw a really, really interesting stat that I want to bring up on the podcast. The Nets um went from they, they they're basically dropping significantly in the frequency at which they pass the ball in every single month that they've had since the Harden trade and they've decreased in passing frequency every single month of this entire season. Um and I, we were watch I was watching that that Nets Blazers game last night. And yes, Kyrie and KD were out and yes they won that game, but their offense was completely hardenized, if that makes sense. I mean just yeah. hardened dribble, dribble dribble until seven seconds on the shot clock, make his move and either go up to finish or kick to a play finisher, you know, a shooter or a dunker. So, you know, I don't necessarily hate that. And I'm, I obviously love James Harden, but it was just kind of interesting to see how, how they are kind of, you know, entering this next phase of their team where they're really comfortable. James Harden is arguably their best player and they're kind of, being starting to shape in his image a little bit more. Um, and I just wonder if that's the direction they necessarily wanted to go because when they get KD and Kyrie back, I think they do need a more democratic system. And obviously when you're in the playoffs too, you want to empower your role players to feel like they are really, you know, have a stake in the offense. We saw that hurt the Rockets at different times. So I just want to throw that out there. Anything else on tonight's slate? Obviously we've been going for about an hour now, so we will not cover Thursday's games. Um, anything else on tonight's slates that you guys have?
1: No, I think eleven game slate. I think we kind of covered everything. I know there's some other things that we wanted to get to, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm mean, looking forward to eleven game slate tonight. A lot of action, so uh, hopefully we can all uh, make some money tonight.
0: Yeah, and that and that was really really we we just went really deep on, on tonight's slate. I think that was really good uh, summary and you know, kind of unpacking all of these games. Um, let me just ask you guys for one. One prediction or one thought on the trade deadline, which is coming up tomorrow. Um, I'll give you guys a second to gather that. We moon off. You, I, and Dan will be together tomorrow night um, to record. We're going to be breaking down the, what happened at the trade deadline, You know, looking ahead to how that might affect some futures markets for teen markets. Uh, but, Bobby, we'll start with you. One prediction, You know, number one player you expect to get moved, number one thing you're looking for at the trade deadline, which comes up tomorrow afternoon.
2: Well, I'll, I'll put out two real quick. Um, Victor Oladipo, I'll be very curious to see if I think he will get moved. You know, everyone's talking about him getting moved. I'll just be curious to see, one, where he goes, and two, what they get or what, you know, the Rockets get for him because, you know, he's kind of been injury-prone these last few years, but when he's healthy, you know, he's, you know, one of the best scorers in our league. And then John Collins as well. I've heard he might be on the move for the Hawks. If the Celtics can somehow make a move to get John Collins, I think their roster is drastically better if they make that addition. I just don't know who they would have to give up to get a player like John Collins.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. The John Collins scenario with, you know, is he going to be back in Atlanta next year? And, but they also kind of do need him to chase the playoffs this year. Munaf, how about you? What are you looking at?
1: Yeah, I know, I know we had talked about on our last pod, like kind of the obvious names like the Kyle Lowry's and the Victor Oladipo's, but I think there is some reports that came out yesterday was that, you know, KCP, Montrez Harrell might kind of be in those talks for the Lakers to, you know, make a move here. Um, I, I think that, I think the Lakers are going to make some type of move. I'm not sure what it's going to be at, at what magnitude it's going to be at, whether it's going to be if they're looking to land a star player or, or more role players. Cause I think the Lakers do need to make a move and upgrade at that big man position. I know there've been talks of Andre Drummond's, you know, supposedly going to sign there once, his buyout is done, but I, I think those that those three players are kind of something to keep in mind. Um as far as we, as we approach the trade deadline. And then one more name I think that you know we kind of covered at the beginning was Malcolm Brogdon and the Pacers and kind of seeing where he ends up. I think that's a really good piece for a, a underrated player and a team to kind of pick up um to kind of push you know into that starting lineup or or add to the guard depth. So uh it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but you know, as far as the trade deadline as a whole, you know, every year we kind of talk about how it might be a superstar player on the move, but this year it's kind of been a lot of significant stars and and significant role players that may be on the move to kind of shore up these rosters for teams that are making that playoff push and, and playoff positioning and, and ch- championship aspirations. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the trade, t- trade deadline. Hopefully we get some action here tonight. Um, As far as trade movement, but, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, the trade deadline here.
0: Yeah. I'll just echo that. The Indiana reporting was fascinating. That came out yesterday that they could be looking to move Brogdon and or Sabonis. So both two, you know, that, that, that would kind of throw a wrench into the trade deadline. I'm looking at no surprise Denver nuggets, you know, And I think two teams I'm looking at right now, Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns, you know, kind of how do they see themselves? How do they stack up in the Western Conference? Do they feel like they need to make another move here to upgrade or they kind of like what they have? Both teams that are kind of bridging the gap between old and young Um, Denver with a lot of veteran role players, obviously. And then the Suns with that young core that's kind of led by CP3 now. So two teams that are trying to thread the needle how much they invest in this year versus potentially trading off a piece like an RJ Hampton or a Cam Johnson in, in Phoenix. You know, there are some names that could be bandied about. Thank you all so much for listening. Please subscribe rate and review and join us in the conversation on our Slack channel at SG.PN slash Slack. Bobby, it was awesome having you. Um, Great to meet you, first of all, and, uh, you know, get some of your takes on these games. I thought we did a great job of going, uh, you know, really in depth on all these games. Where can the people find you on Twitter, Bobby?
2: Um, You can find me at Big Sports Guy Bob. So that shouldn't (laughs) be too hard to find if you type that in.
1: (laughs) There we go. Munaf, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at SportsNerd824. Uh, I am going to drop an article here on SportsGamblingPodcast.com with some player props for tonight, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully, I can get that posted by the afternoon here.
0: Hell yeah, definitely check out SportsGamblingPodcast.com. We got Tally Site on there with our daily picks for the NBA. Find me on Twitter, at B. We will catch you guys tomorrow night. We'll be back with Titus. Let it ride, and thanks, everyone, for listening.